This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast for a Supernatural superfan and a Supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering Season 1, Episode 15, The Benders. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. very good notes for this episode i don't know what it was but all right i love this episode i really do this is one of my favorite one it's one of my favorite episodes in season one by far um and i think the like true crime aspect of it is what really makes it appeal to me because i am a bit of a true crime nerd um, I find it super duper fascinating. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> but, let's get into this episode. So, our recap for this episode is the same one we've seen all season. Nothing special. And we find ourselves in Hibbing, Minnesota, I think? I wrote MN. I think that's Minnesota. <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, it is. It's Minnesota. This is actually a town that we're going to revisit again uh, in a future episode, but not till season 10, 11, something like that. Oh, they come back? They do come back to this huh. town, actually. Um, it's one of the very few that they come back, that they come back to, but um, our cold open involves a little boy who we'll learn later his name is evan he's not very important but i remembered his name is evan uh he's watching tv late at night when he hears some noises outside and he looks at his curtains and he sees his neighbor taking out the trash which i mean that's normal um and we actually get our first glimpse at the like camper truck thing the bender family drives here i didn't notice you did not notice it's parked next to the um dumpster Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Well, that I had actually never <laughs> noticed it before this watch through either. I was like, I was like, oh, there it is. I was it's wondering right how there. they had such a quick sneak attack on Jenkins. <laughs> well, I think they were, like, lying in wait for someone. Yeah. Um, I don't think they, like, specifically pick. No. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of, like, casing yeah. and pre-planning for who they, um, decide to kidnap, but... They were just kind of lying in wait to see if, like, anybody came outside, I guess. But yeah, the, their, their, like, camper truck thing is parked next to the dumper. Dumper. <laughs> dumpster. The dumper. <laughs> I mean, it works. <laughs> okay. Um, so the neighbor hears a dragging sound. I think this Netflix subtitles described it as, like, chains dragging. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. It's, yeah. I do not under- I still do not know where that sound was Yeah, I don't know from. what that's supposed to be. I guess- I- I guess they use chains- to get them to like tie like bind them i, I don't but i don't i do not know that sounds never unexplained it. <laughs> um he bends down to look under a car i guess he doesn't see anything because he straightens up again and then he gets dragged under the car yeah they use the under the car thing twice here uh-huh 
So they're they attacking from underneath the car? Like, yeah. I'm confused. <laughs> I think they're hiding under the car. Like, they get under the car, and I think that's kind of the sound we're hearing. But when he looks under, there's no one there. Because it's, like, shadowy, so we can't see them, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he looked under the wrong car. I don't know. Um, but he gets dragged underneath. I don't feel like a full-size man can fit under the average car. Especially not a sedan. Yeah. Like, maybe an SUV or something, but... Yeah. But something but most, that low to the ground? Yeah, most sedans are pretty damn low to the ground. I mean, later we see a cat barely fits under there. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. The logic of all of this. Yeah, but... Um, so yeah, that is our cold open. Is this dude getting kidnapped? Um... So we cut to Sam and Dean all dressed up in their uh, <laughs> state police uniforms with their jackets with the, like the fuzzy collars and yeah. stuff. Oh my gosh. I it, it's like it uh, tricked me out at first. I'm like, oh, they're talking to the police. I'm like, wait, that's Sam and Dean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They look, they look too cute in their uniforms. Very official. Um they're interviewing this the kid from the cold open, Evan, and he tells them that he was watching Godzilla vs. Mothra, which um, Dean says is the best Godzilla movie. I have never seen a Godzilla movie. Please don't mm-hmm. come for me. <laughs> I just, I just haven't. Um, so I can't speak on that. And he throws Sam under the bus and says <laughs> that he thinks a different one is the, is the best. And the kid's like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's like, what? <laughs> really, I think it's more just Dean, like, appealing to the kid yeah you know um but sam's like could you appeal to the kid and not throw me under the bus thanks (laughs) but uh the kid tells them that he heard a weird noise outside um like i think he heard the same like dragging sound that jenkins did and Mm -hmm. then mr jenkins like disappeared and then he heard a whiny growl yeah um which is a very good way of describing that sound actually um, you think you would hear, like, the engine start, though? Or something? Well, if it's that's the sound the engine's making. Oh, is it? Yeah. I thought it was, like, the undercarriage squeaking or something. No, it's the, that's the sound of the engine. Their car needs help. Yeah. Their car is on its last legs. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, he says a monster took his neighbor and the boys exchange a look. <laughs> I mean, he's not the, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just not their usual type of monster. Um, we go to a bar... Where Sam is very loudly talking about the case while Dean throws darts. Um, And we learn that, so, Dean's like, well, it could just be people kidnapping people, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, doesn't, doesn't, you know, the kid didn't really see any monsters, he just heard stuff. Um, and, but Sam has found that John marked this area that they're in as the potential hunting grounds of a phantom attacker, which I didn't think was an actual, like, monster. Um, here, let me find... So it's like phantom attacker. He talks about... like John knew something was going on in this area, but he didn't know quite what. Yeah, because I guess the, um... The, uh... He assumed it would be something supernatural, because that's what they do, you know? Yeah. So, according to the Supernatural Wiki, a phantom attacker is a being that cannot be described as human, 
Uh, the phantom attacker harasses its victims, taking away their sense of security. The victims describe these encounters as traumatic because what assaulted them was strange, unusual, and obviously not human. Those who have been attacked live with a horrifying fear that cannot be explained. Famous phantom attackers include the Mothman, Shadow People, the Spring Hill Jack, and the Chupacabra. I've only heard of two of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... Because so, Sam brings up the phantom attackers, and Dean says, well, they only take people from their beds, and Jen 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 <laughs> Jenkins was taken from a parking lot, and Sam says that there are different kinds, and then he lists phantom gassers as one of them. So, huh. and according to the Supernatural Wiki, which I will, I will include both these links in the show notes, um, uh, also known as the Mad Gasser, this phantom attacker sprayed paralyzing and nauseating gases into people's homes during the night. The victims were unable to move for approximately 40 minutes and extremely nauseous. The gas was described as a man or a woman dressed like a man, wearing all black and spraying gas that smelled like flowers. The police received over a dozen calls in response to this attacker uh, and at least 29 victims who were predominantly female. The fa phantom gasser was never found. Hmm. So. I think he also mentioned spring Jack, which yeah. is... Um... An urban legend originating in England during the 1800s, the Spring-Heeled Jack was said to have clawed hands and eyes of fire. His legendary status gained popularity between 1850 and 1880 as people became fascinated with his abilities to perform daring leaps and breathe f blue and white flames of fire. Wow. So. <laughs> Interesting. So apparently, um, the Spring-Heeled Jack comes up during in Supernatural Origins number three, which is one of the comic books, hmm. which I have not read. Um, but yeah, so now I know what a phantom attacker is. I legit didn't know. <laughs> I was like, I didn't. I should have. I figured it was a ghost or something. Should have googled that first. But now we know. Um, so John had marked this area as the potential hunting grounds of a phantom attacker, um, which is and, a legit explanation for all these disappearances. Yeah, I guess. Um. So, uh, Sam says they should, you know, ask around some more in the morning. He saw a hotel about five miles back. Dean says we should get another round, and Sam's like, no, we should get an early morning. <laughs> Dean calls Sam a grandma. Since <laughs> he doesn't know how fun. But he'll meet Sam outside, because he has to go to the bathroom first. Uh. It's gotta take a leak. Yep. <laughs> um... So we follow Sam out to the parking lot, and we hear the same strange dragging sound. sound that Jenkins heard in the car. No, it's open. probably their car. Do you think? Like them getting in and thinking, out of their car or something, maybe. I was thinking it might be them like getting into position. Maybe like something that they're wearing is dragging on the ground. It's not very stealthy. No, but. Um, Somehow but yeah. they still managed to be stealthy, though. Yeah, <laughs> we hear the same. The same sound, uh, and Sam sets John's journal down on the trunk of the Impala, which I didn't realize it was the Impala that he set it on until Dean yeah. picked it up. Um, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but um, and he he starts kind of looking around. He pulls out a little flashlight, I think, and he looks under the car. He looks again, under a car, and we get a we jump think, scare. We think, oh no, you know, that's what's gonna get him. And it's a kitty. <laughs> It's really like a classic fake out in like yeah. horror movies or oh, yeah. books. Classic. Oh, it's just an animal. Ha ha ha. They laugh. It's like, oh, cute kitty. Yeah. Or it's just but a I mouse. Think, <laughs> I think Sam knows it's that that's not what he heard. 
Like, yeah. he's like, oh, it's just a cat under this car, but yeah. they de- he definitely heard something and it well, was he's, not a cat. He's a little smarter than the average <laughs> horror movie person. Sam's <laughs> a little smarter than a fifth grader. Um, <laughs> so, but the last shot, we get some, like, under the f- shots from underneath another car. We just see, like, Sam's feet. And then it cuts to Dean coming out of the bar. Uh, and he sees the cat from earlier... And then he sees John's journal where Sam set it down, um, but he sees no Sam. The parking lot is very empty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How long was he in the bathroom? Gosh. <laughs> That's a really good question. Because it makes it seem like it's been a minute, you know? Not more than, like, not just, like, a couple minutes Well, or I whatever. mean, if they knock Sam unconscious and just, like, stuff him in the car and go, yeah. you know? Because I think they kind of, like, set up, like, they did like, with aren't Jenkins. aren't some of the cars missing, too, by this point? Like, people have left? Um, no. I don't think so. Um, because, like, with Jenkins, it seemed like they, like, set the truck up to be, like, easy to get him from, un- you know, into it quickly and just go. Mm-hmm. You know? So they probably kind of did the same thing. Do we see the camper truck thing in this scene? When Dean is, or when Sam is before Sam's kidnapped, I don't remember because I didn't see it the first time. I don't remember if we see it in, in the scene where Sam like before Dean comes out of the bar. Um, I didn't. I legit had didn't notice it in the cold open until this watch through. So it could be there, and I just didn't see it because I was too busy looking at Sam. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Dean like asks if other patrons have been in the parking lot. Uh, if they've seen Sam and nobody has and he's calling Sam's name and Sam's not answering and then he spots the traffic cameras um my brain just melted god okay uh (laughs) the shot of Dean running out into the middle of the road calling Sam's name is so it's so sad (laughs) you know he's panicking Mm -hmm. like like, someone who's six foot four doesn't just disappear to thin air. Yeah. That something happened. So. Especially when they're already on this case, Yeah, too. they're already on a hunt. Um, but yeah, so we cut to the next morning, and Dean goes to, this is how you know Dean's desperate, he goes to the local police department. Well, I guess he needs to get access to the security cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's using his state police, um, alias... The which I guess is actually a stolen identity. I yeah. didn't realize that. Find that out. Um, to be like, I'm a you know I'm an officer, but I'm here because my cousin's missing. Not so what's, looking at this case. What's this girl's lady cop's name? Kathleen. Kathleen. Okay. I swear to God, we do not hear that until they're like at the Bender's place and yeah. she's heading off in the woods, leaving Sam. I mean, the whole time tied to the car. Whole time in my notes, it just called her Lady Cop because I, I did called not her, catch her I name. I just called her the officer because that's what she is. She's a police officer. I think yeah. she's a deputy. I think she tells Missy Bender she's a deputy later. Yeah. But yeah, this is where we meet Kathleen, uh, and she, um, Dean tells her that his. He and his cousin went out to a bar the night before, and they, um, he, his cousin went missing from the parking lot. 
Um, and she's like, what, well, your cousin a drinker? And he's like, no. I think he says two drinks and he's doing karaoke, two beers and he's doing karaoke. <laughs> like, Sam doesn't really drink, which yeah. is true, he doesn't really drink. I think he's got a better tolerance than that. But he's definitely much more of a casual drinker than Dean is. Um, and the officer, Kathleen, looks Sam up in the computer and she finds out that his older brother, Dean, is wanted for murder. Uh, or was suspected of murder oh, yeah. in St. Louis. <laughs> and Dean's like, yeah, yeah, he's kind of the black sheep of the family. He's handsome, though. <laughs> it's so awkward. I love it. It's so awkward. Oh. Um, Dean tells her that he saw the traffic cameras, um, and she's like, well, I'll go get the stuff and I'll let you know, you know? And meanwhile, you fill out a missing persons report. And he kind of... She's lucky that she didn't have a picture of Dean. <laughs> Girl, that would have gone downhill oh, fast. That, yeah, things would have gone. <laughs> yeah, that would not have gone as smoothly as it did. Um, I didn't take any notes about, like, what Dean says to her. He he's basically tells her, like, he's my responsibility mm-hmm. to be like, I don't want to fill out a missing persons report. Let's just, let me just come with you and investigate this with you kind of thing, I think. I think that's kind of what was going down. I took really bad notes. And we literally just watched this episode. I'm so bad. <laughs> I'm struggling. Um, Still better notes than I did. Okay. <clears throat> but we cut to Sam... Uh, waking up in a cage. <laughs> uh, and this is where we find Jenkins. Jenkins is alive. Jenkins. Um, I don't know what I wrote his first name is. Reese's always call him Jenkins. Everyone calls him Jenkins. Mr. Jenkins. Uh, Alvin. Yeah, don't remember hearing that. I don't remember if it was ever said. Um, he sees Jenkins in, like, the other cage. And we go back to kind of out, I'm guessing like outside of the police station, I don't know, like a like kind of a park area. Um, and the Kathleen has pictures from the traffic camera. It takes pictures every three seconds. Um, and right after Sam left the bar, a camper truck left the parking lot and it has stolen plates. <laughs> hmm. Which I was kind of impressed that Dean, she was like, notice anything about the plates? And he goes, oh, the plates are new. Yeah, they're obviously stolen. Like, damn, Dean, <laughs> smart boy. <laughs> Very. But well, she thinks she's talking to a fellow police officer. Yeah, so they're trained to notice yes. stuff like that. Yeah, but I was just very impressed with him. Yeah. Um. So, and this is where Dean kind of hears that like a like whiny growl sound, and he looks around and sees this van driving by, making the same the sound. same that sound, and he's like. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a kind of a whiny growl to you. Like, <laughs> Which yeah, is, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> the people in this town gotta take their their cars to mechanics. Good lord. Mostly just the benders. <laughs> but this this dude in a blue van should do it too, because his van's making the same sound. Well, what I implied was one of the benders driving the van. It's not. It's not. No. Because I figured, oh, it's making the same sound. So it was like one of the vans they were driving when they kidnapped. They're, the the vehicle they used to kidnap Jenkins and to kidnap Sam is a red truck with a white camper thing on the back of oh, it. I just assumed they had more than one. Um, But that's the only one we ever see being used for a kidnapping. 
Okay. So, and then this blue van, plus the guy we see driving it, isn't any of the benders. Hmm. It's just the people in this town take shit care of their cars. <laughs> so, um, we go back to the bender barn, uh, and Sam is, he's doing like a full body swing thing. Did you catch this? He's like hanging from the top of the cage and like swinging his body forward to kick the door. To try no. to bust it down. I don't remember. You didn't catch this? It's wild. I was probably taking notes. You probably were. Um, um, but this is when Jenkins wakes up. And he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, like later, Sam's trying to, when Sam's trying to pull down the wire, he's like, what's your name again? And Sam's like, you know, my name's Sam. And he starts calling him Sammy. And Sam's like, don't call me Sammy. And he yeah. does it again a minute later. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Jenkins is kind of a dick. Sam's like, we were looking for you. And he's like, well, it's a hell of a rescue. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I've been like, thanks for you have no looking idea. for me, at least. <laughs> yeah, I would have been like, well I'm, well, I'm glad someone was looking, you know. Yeah. But this is when... The, we don't see their faces here because they're like wearing poncho things. I guess it was r- raining, so that makes sense. But the Bender brothers, I guess, I think it's the brothers, they come in and they unlock the cages one by one and deliver food. Um, and Sam is really surprised to see they're just people. But Jack is fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> with all the shit he deals with, people is the, the least common thing. He's like, oh, we're, they're just people. <laughs> yeah. And then Jenkins is like, what What did you think they were? Or something like that. Oh. I made... What is Ned Betty time? I'm yeah, guessing... Yeah, I looked that... I asked that question, too. Um, let me go... Dean mentioned that earlier to the cop lady. No, um... Didn't she? Jenkins Didn't says it. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. Well, that's dark. Okay. Uh, Ned... <laughs> Trigger warning... Um, or content warning, either. Ned Betty is an award-winning actor whose debut role was in the famous 1972 horror movie Deliverance, where he played a suburban man viciously raped by psychotic mountain men. I guess that's a fitting um, reference for this episode, but... Yeah, that's dark. Okay. Supernatural gets dark sometimes. (laughs) Um, This is... Sam has figured out the... um, the locks on their cages are controlled, like, mechanically, because the, the benders have to, like, turn a key and push a button uh-huh. for the cages to unlock. They are, okay, for a couple, for a family that, like, lives in the backwoods and, like, a doesn't hillbillies. have, um, like, when was the last time they showered? Like, clearly never. <laughs> none, yeah. Or brush their teeth. Do they have electricity? Like, Apparently they they do, do. but like I just I was very surprised at how like technologically advanced like the cages are. are. Yeah, I mean, damn, like because they they open it in a minute from outside. Mm -hmm. Like they don't even come in, and Jenkins' door opens, and then it closes and locks on its own. Which makes me wonder if they have like a video camera in there too, or something. I don't think so. To like know when they left their cage or whatever. I, I would, well, cause the door doesn't close and lock until Jenkins is like way out, as like outside of the barn. Yeah. So they can probably like see him at that point. 
But that's also them assuming that he left. Well, but if they can see him outside, then they know he's out of the cage. I know, but they're assuming that he's gonna leave. How would they know for sure? Well, that's the that's the concept, is they lock him in a cage, and then you make it seem like they've got a chance at freedom. Yeah. So. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I think they have a video camera. Uh, but Dean gets in there just fine. That's true. And they never, like, check the video, any video camera. Because, like, later, you know, like, when Sam and Kathleen, um... I mean, they're probably not watching the video camera 24-7. No. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they do. I feel like they would have shown us if there was. But I guess that would have been, like, a plot point to take care of if if they had shown it. I don't know. But this is... Sam starts... There's, like, a, like, a metal tube that wires are in and Sam starts pulling on it. It's like connected to his cage and he starts pulling on it. Um, and this is, we cut to Dean and Kathleen driving along a road and she says that between that the, there's like another traffic cam up ahead and that traffic cam, um, didn't pick up the camper that they saw leaving the parking lot, so it has to have, like, taken, like, a back road mm-hmm. at some point, because there's lots of, like, private roads in this area. Um, but at the same time as this, she has done, she sent in, like, a information request with Dean's badge number, and she gets, like, a response back at this time <laughs> saying that Dean's badge is stolen. <laughs> Complete with a picture <laughs> of someone who's of the clearly not Dean. Greg Washington, <laughs> who is a a big black guy. <laughs> Definitely not Dean. I think he tries to pull a. I lost some weight and I got that Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson skin disease. condition or whatever. Well, I don't. I don't know what that is a reference to. Well, Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson. Well, yeah, but like. Um. Yeah. I guess, yeah, sorry. I'm not super familiar. <laughs> like, I know his music, but I'm not super familiar with, like, the life of Michael Jackson. You know? Yeah. So, uh, so I guess other people who are... Because I think he... When did Michael Jackson die? I don't even remember. How old was I when he died? It wasn't, like, super, super long ago, was it? 2009. Uh, 2009. Yeah. So I was still in elementary school. I, like, started high school then, I think. Yeah, I didn't start... <laughs> I think I was probably in, like, sixth grade. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was probably about sixth grade, because I was... I think I was, like, 12. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not hugely familiar with Michael Jackson's, like, life, despite enjoying, like, being familiar with and enjoying his music. You do so. know, like, he changed his appearance yes, drastically. I do know okay. that. I do know... <laughs> that I just didn't know like what uh, that's what I figured he was referencing but yeah okay <laughs> I knew that was what he was referencing but I didn't really understand <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was due to a skin condition though he's claimed it was a skin condition but it's been rumored to have been the result of bleaching creams according to the supernatural wiki at least yeah okay uh so um she, like, pulls over and confronts Dean. Kathleen does. Um, 
and is like, I don't know who you are. You're not Greg Washington. Um, he's Clearly. Like, <laughs> she's like, I have to take you in. You're probably a felon. <laughs> I think she says it later. Which is true. <laughs> I mean... Seeing this Someone that looks Jessica. like him is a felon, but... Yeah. Um, and this is... We get a really, like, kind of tender Dean moment here where he talks about how when they were young, he literally pulled Sam from the fire and has felt responsible for him ever since, which is a... I guess that kind of sums up your childhood, but, you know. Uh, he, he just... He references just the fire, though. How is he... How is she supposed to know what the fire means? Well, he says, I kind of pulled him from a fire. Oh, okay. Like, I think he just mean it, like, the way that he says it, it could be taken either as, like, a literal fire that Dean saved Sam from, or, like, got him out of trouble. Okay. In some way, and now- I, I heard, I pulled him from the fire. I'm like, how is she supposed to know what fire you're talking about? I think it's just a, just a fire, you know, like, she doesn't know, well, she doesn't know that Dean is- Dean Winchester, you know, he thinks. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, he talks about how he has, he feels responsible for Sam and he just wants to, he's like, you can arrest me, but just help me find Sam first. Yeah. Um, and she, and she like, like, looks up at a picture. Of her, her brother. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't know that yet. Yeah, we don't know that yet. Um, but yeah, and she agrees. Um, there's a little bit of a, <laughs> a fake out here where she's like I still have to take you in and then she's like but we'll we'll find Sam first so um we go back to Sam and he's still pulling on that wire tube thing and he manages to break it down and he like gets a bracket and then literally moments later the door this is when Jenkins cage unlocks um and Sam is like, nah, this is a fucking trap. <laughs> and Jenkins is like, I'm fucking out of here, which, I mean, fair enough. I was gonna say, like, obviously it would have been smart to follow Sam's instructions, but, like... I think he probably still would have died. Yeah, but, like, you don't blame him for taking the opportunity to escape, because probably yeah. would have done the same thing, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, yeah, Jenkins leaves, and he heads out into the rain. And he, like, right at... Um, after he leaves is when the door closes and locks on its own, which basically confirms yeah. this is a friggin' trap. Like, that didn't happen on accident. <laughs> um, Jenkins finds a knife. Looks like just a kitchen knife. Like yeah, an eight-inch chef knife. knife somewhere. Uh, just in the mud. Like, they didn't leave it there on purpose for him <laughs> to find. Um, and he heads into the woods where he is immediately, like, hunted down. Uh, With spears. With spears <laughs> and murdered by the two Bender brothers. The pacing, did the pacing of this scene feel weird to you? I mean, it kind of felt like a chase scene. Just kind of choppy and... Like, it felt choppy, but usually, like, chase scenes feel like there's, like, a cohesion to them. You know, like, there's a bigger build. I mean, it between... was kind of fast, but... It was very fast, which I guess... They only have so many minutes that they can take up mm-hmm. for an episode, but it felt... Because I feel like most chase scenes usually have, like, a build and then, like, a small conflict and then a bigger build until you get to that big, you know, they kind of work the way that... I think it could have like been, been a does. lot more... It definitely like, could have been ...powerful better. if they would have drawn it out a bit more. Let me just knee my desk. <laughs> you okay? Oh, uh, it didn't hurt. I just shook everything up. Because <laughs> um, he, like... 
he like hears the guys and then immediate it sounds like they're like in the distance and then immediately one of them is like they like catch up right yeah. there and he like grapples with him and runs away they're and really then good they're at right there again and they stab him and then he like gets up and runs and it feels like he runs like far five feet it, like the with the timing of it like I think it's supposed to imply that he ran far yeah but the timing of it. Feels yeah, like he didn't run weird. very far at all, and then he's tripping over a wire, and they're like coming out of the woods on either side. I'm like, that was like the the most anticlimactic hunt, <laughs> yeah, ever. Like, I'm sure you guys can do better than that. <laughs> like, it would have been better if they would have drawn it out a bit more. Yeah, yeah. I just I felt like it was really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Just the pacing just felt weird. Um. Also, he screamed so loud that Sam heard him. Apparently. <laughs> well, like. I- Again, with the pacing, they kind of made it seem like it was not... He did not make it like super far. he didn't far. make it very far. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just... A, it's a weird scene. Well, they kind of <laughs> did both. They, like, tried to make it seem like he ran yeah. far, but then he didn't at the same time. I don't yeah. Know. Which I just... <laughs> it's a little confusing. With the editing, he clearly did not make it very far before they hunted him down. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, but whatever. But they were, like, trying to make it seem like he did. I don't know. It was weird. Um... The so we got to the next morning, and the Kathleen, um, and Dean are like heading out to go and try and find the turn off that the truck may have gone down. And Dean asks her like, "Why are you helping me?" Because like, yeah, he like tried to appeal to her, you know, and make her sympathetic towards him and stuff. But he's like, "Okay, but why are you actually helping me?" And this is where we learn that her brother disappeared three years ago, just like Sam did, and they never found him. So, she's kind of like, if I can help someone find their loved one, then it'll help her feel better. And maybe it'll help her find out what happened to her brother, too. I don't think she assumed that she'd find out what happened to her brother, but maybe she thought she might. Yeah. You know, they've had a lot of disappearances in the area. (laughs) Yeah. You know, maybe she's assuming that'll help find out what happened to her brother. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so they head back out, and we cut to Dean spotting uh, a turnoff. He says it's the first back road we've seen so far. And, um, they both, like, go look, and Dean wants to go with her, because she's like, no, go wait in the car, and he's like, no, I'm gonna come with you, and she's like, (laughs) smart, smart lady, because she's like, okay, fine, uh, and then goes in for, like, a handshake, (laughs) And then handcuffs him <laughs> and locks the other side to the, the driver's side door of the car, which I love. Uh, and but then Dean, locks the car. Dean says something pretty funny, I thought. He's like, <laughs> I should have brought paper clips. Or I, gotta stop, I gotta start carrying paper clips. Yeah, which I think is a little bit of a reference to the pilot. Because he uses, in the pilot, he gets arrested, you remember? Oh, yeah. And the guy, the officer leaves him alone in, like, the interview room with John's journal. And oh, and he gets the paper And he's clip. only handcuffed with Yeah, one it doesn't, like, zoom hand. in slowly. It's like, a dramatic <laughs> zoom clip. to the paper clip. Yeah. I was wondering why he chose paper clips over, like, bobby pins or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess there are, like, a couple of dudes who were raised by a single guy, like, a single father. How much do they know what poppy pins are? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> uh, they do, I think in later seasons, they have, like, lockpicking kits. Yeah. Cut to Kathleen, who has walked all the way to the Bender house, um, complete with the truck from the traffic cam. And she knocks on the door, and this is where we meet Missy Bender, who is the youngest. Um, Creepy um, child. Also, we will meet this actress again. 
And the next time, the next Wait, episode, what? yes, the actress who plays Missy, she shows up again. When? Uh, season seven. Oh, okay. Wait, <laughs> not as <seen> Missy. <laughs> um, and also, Denson didn't even recognize her because she like grew up. <laughs> Isn't dressed like a psycho child. <laughs> Yeah. I don't remember which convention it was. Oh, if anyone in the, in the, if any of our listeners remember what convention this was, um, someone asked about, I think they asked about, like, when the, the production, like, recast actors to play different roles, um, because that happens a lot. Like, there's, it's happened so much, there's an IMDb list. (laughs) Um... I mean, uh, if they work the first time, why not so again? Like, there's a couple. There's a. There's at least one lady who's been on the show like three times, in different episodes and different roles throughout the years. Um, and the actress who plays Missy, when she came back on the show, Jensen was like, "Hi, it's nice to meet you." And she was like, "Oh no, we've I've been on the show before," and that is why he always says things like, uh, "like it like he doesn't." He doesn't say, like, nice to meet you, because he's like, I've probably met them already. <laughs> I just doesn't remember. <laughs> like, she was all grown up. Yeah. So, like, now she's like a, you know, I think, like, 17 or 18 the next time she was on the show. Yeah. But maybe older than that. <laughs> so, yeah. She was like, no, I've been here before. And he was like, what? <laughs> um, okay. So, this is where we learn a bit, little bit about the Bender family, and we learn that it's just the, the dad... Um, who is listed as Pa Bender in the uh, credits. Yeah. And I assume they're all, like, siblings? Yeah. So we have Pa, Lee, um, I don't remember, I don't know if he's, I think it sounded like they called him Jared in the episode, right? But the subtitles said Judd. The cast listing says Jared, so I'm gonna say that the other brother's name is Jared. Um, and then we have Missy. Who's the youngest? Uh, and the mom is dead. Um, and Kathleen is like, "Well, I'm a deputy. Have you seen this man?" Um, and Missy's like, (laughs) "Missy says that's gonna hurt." And Kathleen's like, "What?" And then (laughs) Pavender hits her in the face with a shovel. (laughs) That would hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would probably hurt. Might leave some head trauma. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then. We, uh, I think he tells Missy to go get her brothers, um, and cause Bender does, and cause the, the brothers get sent out to get Kathleen's car, um, which she left, like, at the, on the side of the road, um, and Dean hears the, their truck coming, so it's very distinct, and yeah. we get... <laughs> This iconic shot of him stretched along the side of the police car, trying to uh, unscrewing the teeny tiny antenna so he can use it to pick the lock on the handcuffs. It's just it's just like splayed out on the side of the car. It's so funny, so funny. Um, but he manages to get it just in time, just in time to get away from the Bender brothers. Um, should I go into who the the inspiration for the benders are sure right now that's i feel like this is probably as good a time as many as any so according to uh the wiki this episode has similar themes to the x-files episode home which features a secluded family with a long tradition of inbreeding and violence toward anyone who comes close to the members 
both episodes play on the same themes, a strong perverted sense of family and a vision of horror that isn't brought by demons or creatures, but humans. Uh, Wait, what's in Home? The X-Files episode, Home? Oh, X-Files Not the episode. Supernatural episode, Home. <laughs> like, I don't uh, remember and it, this is weird family in Home. <laughs> this is often said to be the scariest, most disturbing X-Files episode. I haven't actually seen it, hmm. but now I kind of want to. I've only seen one episode of X-Files. <laughs> I it was the first one. X Files, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but uh, potential inspiration for the Benders in this episode, well, uh, this is probably where they took the name from, um, is uh, the Bloody Benders, who were a serial killer family in Kansas. <laughs> so, it's I don't think it's accidental. Uh, and I have done a little bit of research on the. The bloody benders. Yeah, so uh, Kenzie did the research this week. <laughs> this is my job this week because Ailey's not really into true crime. Um, and, and you wanted to research. And I really it. wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I've heard this story a few times, so I did. I will link all of my sources in the show notes. Um, my main sources were a mental floss article, uh, Legends of America article, and the Wikipedia page. So. So, in October of 1870, John Bender Sr. and his son, John Bender Jr., moved to Labette County, Kansas, about seven miles northeast of Cherryville, Kansas. Um, once there, they built a cabin. A carbon. A... <laughs> Do not make fun of my typos. <laughs> um, they, built the a... <laughs> they built a cabin, a barn, and a corral, and a well. Um, in 1871, they were joined by John Sr.'s wife, Elvira, and their daughter, Kate. So, the family were spiritualists. Kate specifically claimed to be a healer and a psychic. She did lectures on stuff. Um, of the four, John Jr. and Kate spoke fluent English with slight accents. Um, John Sr. spoke some English, and Elvira claimed to speak, like, very little English. Um, they claimed to be German immigrants, specifically John Sr., but no documented proof of their births or relationships to each other has been found. Hmm. Neighbors who knew the family said John Jr. and Kate were husband and wife and not siblings. Um, so they had this little homestead, um, with a a one-room cabin that was divided into two using a canvas wagon cover. The larger front room was a kind of a general store. They had some goods for sale, as well as a kitchen and dining room where travelers could eat a meal or spend the night. And then the rear room was smaller, and it served as the family's living quarters. And just behind the curtain dividing the space was a trap door to a narrow basement room, which is where the ba- the bodies of the family's victims would fall before they were killed and stripped of valuables and buried on the property surrounding the house. So they... I don't... I don't remember the specifics of how they killed them, and I kind of left those details out because they're kind of gruesome. So let me... But I guess... Now I'm now I'm curious. <laughs> now you look it up. <laughs> um, so... Don't play that. Um... Uh, it's believed that guests of the inn were urged to sit against the separating curtain and while dining would be hit on the head with a hammer from behind the cur- curtain. Their body was then dropped into the cellar where one of the benders would slit their throat. Uh, okay. So I guess it's not too gruesome for me to be including because I just included it. <laughs> what was their motivation for this? <laughs> Money. 
That's what I was going to ask. It's like they purely to, take to them, steal. They would take their valuables. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people kind of disappeared during this time. So their crimes went undetected until a doctum, doctor, doctum. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> a doctor, William Henry York, um, came looking for his missing friend and his friend's infant daughter who disappeared in the area of the Bender's home. And he fell victim to their scheme. Uh, unfortunately for the Benders, Dr. York's brothers, Ed York and Colonel Alexander M. York, knew about Dr. York's plan and began a search for him. Colonel York led a company of about 50 men to the area, questioning travelers along the way. And on March 28th of 1873, Colonel York arrived at the Benders Inn and was told by them that Dr. York had stayed in their inn, but he had moved on and had likely been attacked by the indigenous people of the area. Agreeing that this was a possibility, York ate dinner at the Bender's home that night. Uh, he would return again on April 3rd with armed men, though, to confront them about the story of a woman who had fled their home the night before, claiming to have been threatened by Elvira. In denying the accusations, it was revealed that Elvira knew more English than previously uh, claimed. There was no evidence to warrant arresting and punishing the Bender's for the crime, though, so they were left alone. Um, at the time, neighboring townships had begun to notice the disappearances and blamed them on the Olathe tan township. Olathe held a meeting which Colonel York and both Bender men attended in which the disappearances were discussed, and a decision was made to search every homestead in the area for evidence. Despite Colonel York strongly suspecting the Benders and the disappearance of his brother, no one was keeping an eye on them, and so it wasn't until three days after the meeting that anybody noticed they had fled. So, with the Benders gone, the house was searched. The murder basement was found, as well as the bodies buried around the property. The exact number is unknown. Most reports averaged about a dozen, though some people reported as high as 24. Um, and they did find the body of Dr. York. So, word of the crime spread quickly, and more than 3,000 people, including reporters from as far away as Chicago and New York, visited. With everyone wanting souvenirs, the house was soon pulled apart. State Senator a Alex... Souvenir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just want, like, hmm, I want proof a, they've been to I want a, a piece of the serial killer's house. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, it's not surprising. It's not uncommon for, like, famous houses related to famous crimes to be demolished, hmm. specifically to, of like, deter or avoid souvenir hunting. Um, People are weird. Yeah, they are. So, <laughs> State Senator Alexander York offered a 1,000 dollar reward for the Bender family arrest. That's $21,603 as of 2021. Uh, and then on May 17th, Kansas Governor Thomas A. Osborne offered a 2000 reward for the apprehension of the, the family. So that's $43,206 in 21, or 2021 monies. <laughs> so at the time of their disappearances, potential in the, sorry, in the time since their disappearances, potential true identities for the Benders have come to light. So, John Sr. was allegedly born... John Flickinger, is I think how you say that? In the early 1800s in either Germany or the Netherlands. Uh, Elvira was allegedly born Almira Mark... Sorry, Almira Hill Mark in the Adirondack Mountains. Uh, she had multiple husbands before John Sr. and supposedly murdered several, but that rumor has never been proven. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, Kate is said to have been her fifth daughter, born Eliza Griffith, and John Jr. is alleged to have been John Gebhardt, and the laughing half-wit description often given of him is said to have been a disguise for his clever nature. So, so they really weren't related? 
it's we don't I don't think we'll ever really know. I mean, they had but different last names, of, but that's that's who people are pretty sure they actually were. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, uh, two women suspected of being Elvira and Kate Bender were arrested in October of 1889 in Niles, Michigan, but were eventually released when no one could be 100 percent certain that they were the Bender women. In general, it's believed the younger Benders went south to Texas or New Mexico to like an an outlaw colony or something. Uh, and the older benders traveled on to St. Louis. There are many rumors and local legends concerning what may have happened to them, including that John Sr. committed suicide near Lake Michigan in 1888, or that he was murdered by Elvira over <laughs> stolen property. <laughs> Another victim of the Black Another, Widow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, despite all of these rumors, it is unlikely that we will ever really know for sure what hmm. happened to them. So, but yeah, yeah that so is the Easy story. to get away with crimes back in the day before <laughs> really DNA was. was discovered. It really was. <laughs> as a thing that you could, but like, yeah. track. <laughs> that is the story of the Bloody Benders, who, I'm pretty sure, provided some inspiration for the Bender family in this Sounds episode. Sounds like it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not the um, hunting and cannibalism part. No, but... I think that was taken from um, Most Dangerous Game, which I was mm-hmm. going to do research on and I forgot. I've heard of that one. Is that a book? Um, so The Most Dangerous Game is a short story by Richard Connell. Um, from 1924. So it's a suspenseful adventure story. Uh, about, I think, uh, in, in which, like, a hunter decides that humans are the best prey. Yeah. Pinning man against man and hunted against hunter. So it's pretty... I haven't read it. I should probably read it. Um, yeah, that's definitely part of like the inspiration. So the story features a big game hunter from New York City who falls off a yacht and swims to what seems to be an abandoned and isolated island in the Caribbean where he is hunted by a Russian aristocrat. The story is inspired by the big game hunting safaris in Africa and South America that were particularly fashionable among wealthy Americans in the 1920s. It's been adapted numerous times uh, and is called the most popular short story ever written in English. Upon its publication, it won the O. Henry Award. It's one of many works that were en- that entered the public domain in the U.S. in 2020. Interesting. But yeah. Huh. That is... That was definitely part of the inspiration for this episode is the most dangerous game has um, there been it's been the inspiration for a lot of things <laughs> i'm sure there's has there been reports of like serial killers or also cannibals you mean like jeffrey dahmer sure <laughs> yeah i don't know much about a lot of serial <laughs> killers because i don't uh, like true crime <laughs> he didn't like hunt the, like the the benders do yeah they like well yeah know, but Jeffrey Dahmer was a cannibal. Ew. Yeah. There's been a couple different ones, but he's the one that I know for sure off the top of my head. So it's like they kind of combined a couple different aspects in this. Yeah, yeah. They, he def- they definitely kind of mixed and matched. Yeah. Um, who wrote this episode? I didn't even look. Um, John Chabon. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that name. He was a writer for the first two seasons. He also has served as a co-executive producer, executive producer, and consulting producer. Oh, he wrote Skin, Hookman, Scarecrow, The Benders, Dead Man's Blood, Everybody Loves a Clown, 
Crow Toen, Tall Tales, and Folsom Prison Blues. You did, you did some good ones. All episodes that I love a lot. <laughs> so, cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> now I knew, I learned a new thing. Alright, should we continue on with the episode? Sure. Alright, so Kathleen wakes up in the cage that Jenkins was in previously, um, and tells Sam that his cousin is looking for him. Uh, and Sam's like, I'd like I knew it. Thank God. Where is he? And she's like, I left him handcuffed in my car. <laughs> and then Dean walks in <laughs> because of course he does. <laughs> He's the best timing. It's really funny. Um, I love it. I love what? I gives me feels. <laughs> and then the boys get to reunite after being apart for some reason, and they come back together. Um. Dean gives Sam some shit for uh, letting some people, just regular old people, get the jump on him after uh, Sam tells him that they're just humans. <laughs> he says, you're rusty, kiddo. <laughs> uh, and Sam tells Dean about the like automated locking system and that... Uh... And then while Dean is kind of like poking around the lock, he, does, he points out, which is the point in Sam's favor, that they're quote-unquote usual playmates have rules and patterns that they follow, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, people don't. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, individual people will have, like, patterns that they follow, but as a whole, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, every werewolf, or yeah. in general, kind of hunts on the same time, and, like, the signs are the same. You know, like, ghosts. Mm-hmm. They all have the same rules that they follow and stuff like that, but people as a whole, don't have those restrictions. Yeah. I mean, later, you know, Dean says, demons I get. People are just crazy. (laughs) It's a great line. Which, I mean, yeah. Yep. That's right. (laughs) Yep, because demons have rules they follow. I mean, that's like... There's devil's traps, there's exorcisms, there's salt and holy water. Yeah. That's why, like, all this, like, true crime or whatever, like, makes me more... That's what I'm more scared of, because it's, <laughs> it's realistic. It's because people are And people are crazy, yeah. It's not just realistic, it's reality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I find it soothing in a weird way. I don't know. I also find it really fascinating, like, the psychology behind stuff. Oh, it's definitely fascinating. Stuff. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there are definitely true crime stories that scare me, but... <laughs> um, Dean tells them that he saw a lot of, like, junk cars on the property while he was, like, sneaking in, including one that Kathleen identifies as belonging to her brother. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, well, I need a lock for these cages, so I'm gonna go find it. Did they, like, take people's cars, too, then? To, like, cover their tracks? I guess it would depend on, like, how and where they were taken. Because I don't think we ever really learned how Kathleen's brother went missing, just that he did. Yeah. But, like, if, like, he was out on a camping trip or something, or out for a drive, and his car had trouble, and he stopped in that area, you know, mm-hmm. I would, it would make sense to take the car. Yeah. Um. Because it's evidence. Yeah. Um. I think Dean sneaks into the basement. I'm pretty sure that's where he gets into the house through. He finds some, like, jars of stuff that I don't understand. <laughs> what they were uh and then he finds a wall of like different organs and stuff and (laughs) he finds a wall of polaroids in the style of hunters like showing Mm -hmm. off their kills like i we've all seen pictures like these before even if you're not a hunter like you've seen these kinds of pictures 
And I think this is where we get... Or, the, like, fishermen with their yeah, catches. Yeah, yeah. This is where we get the demons I get people are crazy line. Yeah. Just such a good line. Um, and he makes his way upstairs, and he finds Pa Bender in the kitchen chopping up something. I don't want to know what. Probably, we never see... Probably Jenkins. And I'm glad we don't. <laughs> uh, while listening to some music, which is the same music that I used for the intro of this this episode, because I couldn't resist. Uh, it's excellent. And he bumps his head on a wind chime made of bones. Did you catch that? Yeah. There's like a jawbone and def- and a pelvis bone for sure. Yeah. Um. He sees like a jar of teeth. Yeah, when he sees the keys, he picks up a jar of teeth. <laughs> he makes the, the greatest f- expression. <laughs> the best. Jensen makes the most iconic facial expressions. I swear to God, they're amazing. He makes the expression um, all of us are like making at that moment. We're like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, kudos to the sound design on this this little sequence because it is the, the like the sawing and chopping sounds and stuff that are happening. Yeah, it's um, but yeah, Dean picks up a, like, a board with a nail in the end of it, which that's a, that's a hell of a weapon. Um, and that's when he spots the tray with a bunch of different keys. Unfortunately for him, the key that he wants is not in that tray. Um, and as, as he's, like, picking through the keys, that's when he sees the jar of teeth. <laughs> um, and then here comes Missy Bender. Who he's like scares me every fucking time I see her because she just like appears. She just appears, yeah. <laughs> but he's like, I'm not gonna hurt you, and she's like, I know, and then pulls out a knife and tries to stab him. <laughs> well, she like chucks the knife at him. Does she? Yeah, she like I pins sh- his arm with it. She like gets um, he gets she gets like the excess of his jacket. Yeah, it's like, which I guess it's a perk to wearing layers. <laughs> there's more between... Or her aim was perfect and she was just trying to trap him the whole time. Maybe, yeah. That was kind of the impression um, I got. <laughs> I guess she probably... She seems like the kind of kid who'd be really, really good with a knife. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is the... She, she starts yelling. <laughs> she starts yelling for her dad. And this is when the, like, the brothers, like, come bumbling in from all sides. Like, they're loud. Yeah. Uh, and they wrestle with Dean... Are we kidding? They're very loud it's for people so... who have been sneaky up to this point. <laughs> I mean, in your own house, you can be... Yeah, you well, if you're not expecting to sneak up on someone. Yeah, yeah, I think it's more of a, like, the... the he sneaked up on them and caught the, him off guard. <laughs> yeah, the element of surprise is gone. Um, I love this bit, though, where, like, they, like, wrestling around for a minute, and then he's like, I'm gonna kick your ass... And then I'm gonna kick your ass, and then Paw Bender just whacks him on the back of the head. He sticks up vitamin. Poof. It's so great. What did he hit him with? I don't know. Didn't catch what it Something. was. Something. Uh, but yeah, Dean wakes up tied to a chair. Uh, and this is where we learn um, that they, like, it's confirmed that they hunt humans, or confirmed to Dean that that's what they do. As if it wasn't obvious enough already. Yeah. Yeah, Dean is so fucking sassy in this scene. Like, my boy. You, you, you. <laughs> um, don't know if you should be doing that. <laughs> but Pop Bender wants to know if any cops are going to come looking for Dean. Um, and he holds a, like, hot poker really close to his eye. Yeah. And this is the thing well, that I was talking about. stabs him in about. the shoulder with it, too. He, like, yeah, he gets him on the shoulder with it. Um, but this is the moment that I was talking about in our coverage of Nightmare. This is another one of those yeah. things that makes me cover my eyes. The eye thing. Not yeah. a fan. Not a fan. Um, and he talks about how, like, 
they give the the people they hunt they give them a weapon and they a head start and you know so it's a fair fight or whatever <laughs> no it's not no uh and then he tells dean to pick um who they're gonna hunt next either sam or kathleen um and dean doesn't want to pick um but he eventually says sam because if given a fighting chance like sam can, sam can handle his own yeah if he knows what's coming and this is when Pa takes out the key that Dean was looking for and gives it to Lee, one of the Zuri learned the brothers' names, um, tells him to shoot Sam in the cage. Uh, and when Dean protests about how Pa said they give him a fighting chance, Pa tells Lee to shoot Kathleen too. Uh, which, what a dick. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, not like he wasn't already a dick, but wow. <laughs> uh, so yeah. This is where it gets really intense really quick. <laughs> Because a lot happens in a short amount of time. A lot happens. <laughs> Lee goes into the barn and he unlocks Sam's cage. And Sam throws the bracket that he got earlier. Yeah. The thing, it's the bracket that was holding up the wire. He like pulled it down. A lot of quick thinking. Yeah. He like throws it at him. And so Lee like jerks back and shoots at the ceiling instead. And this lets Sam get the upper hand. Mm-hmm. I made a all caps note of single layer Sam because it's he's basically naked (laughs) I don't know if I would say that but in this show in this show with how many layers those boys wear when you get them down to one like it's scandalous (laughs) um (laughs) okay gotta drink some water to cool cool you off (laughs) This is what I have to put up. <laughs> you love me. My girlfriend pining over a man. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get it. Do you? When I saw the female picture of Charlie, yes, <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. it. Someone did like the, the like the face app where you can like um like switch the like perceived gender of a picture and there's female jared is so fucking hot oh my gosh (laughs) i think you had the same reaction when i showed you the one that someone did of Geralt in the witcher yes oh my gosh yes she was like oh that's that's okay yeah i mean like i I get it i can tell when a guy is like aesthetically pleasing she's just just not like oh i want to make out with that you know but when you swap it with a woman, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so, Pa, like, starts yelling for Lee. Uh, and when Lee doesn't respond, he and the other brother, who I don't... I wrote his name down as Judd in the, my notes, because that's what the subtitle said. But the uh, cast list says his name is Jared. <laughs> and I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna call him Jared... <laughs> Alright, no, I think I'm just gonna call him Judd, because that's what's in my notes, and otherwise I'll get confused. So, Pot and Judd go out to look for Lee, and tell Missy to stand guard over Dean, who I guess is tied to a chair, but still, she's like 13. (laughs) I I wrote, honestly, I would be more afraid of the little girl. (laughs) Yeah, she's creepy. Because she's freaking creepy and unpredictable. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They find Lee unconscious, I assume, in... The in Sam's cage and discover that Sam and Kathleen ha, must have blown the, vu- the fuses because the lights won't turn on. And this is when they like start searching the barn. And we get a pretty good fake out 
where it looks like Kathleen, like, hides in a cabinet. She, like, takes a look in there, like, oh, can I hide in here? It kind of looks like she's planning to hide in there, and then we cut to Pa, like, hearing the hinges squeaking, and he comes down, and he starts shooting at the cabinet, and then he, like, starts opening it, it's revealed there's nothing in there except for the stuff that was already in there, and this is when she ambushes him. (laughs) It's pretty smart. Um, She's pretty badass, I like her. She's pretty, yeah, I like her. I like her. Um, she, I, I took bad notes at this point, because she somehow gets thrown, and Pa, that's, because Kathleen is fighting Pa, and then Judd is shooting at Sam, and Sam does, like, a roll across the ground behind some hay bales and stuff, and then, yeah, uh, and then Kathleen gets thrown, and Judd is shooting at her, and I don't know what happened to Pa, I looked down at my camera, or at my laptop at this point. We lost Pa. Because suddenly Pa is outside chasing Sam back into the barn. Yeah, I don't Cause know. Because, like, Judd is going to shoot Kathleen, who's yeah, laying on the ground. I lost track of what happened, too. Um, and all, then Sam... All we know is he, someone's about to shoot Kathleen, and then Sam gets in between them. Well, um, Judd is going to shoot Kathleen, and then Sam runs in and gets Judd's, like, attention, and then ducks, and Pa is right behind him. Oh, yeah, then he and, hits Pa And Judd shoots Pa instead and, like, blows him off his feet. <laughs> um, and then Sam attacks Judd while he's like, oh, shit, I just shot my and dad. I assume he knocks him out, I think. And, yeah, he, like, wrestles for the gun and then knocks him out with it. He hits him with it a couple times. Um, and then we cut to... Pa's wounded. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So Sam puts Judd in the other cage and um, Kathleen has, like, her, the gun trained on Pa. She says she's, she's gonna watch him. Yeah, she's got it. Sends Sam to go look for Dean and rescue him from the 13-year-old. 13-year-old. <laughs> Which, um, I mean, she can handle herself with the knife, so you better watch yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and this is where she asks Pa why he killed her brother, and he says because it's fun. And starts this maniac, maniacal laugh. Yeah. The actor who plays Pa does a really good job. All of them did a great the job of being who, crazy and All creepy. of them did a really good job. Um, and this is where, also the makeup artist. Yeah. Kudos to those, to, to, I don't, I'm guessing it's like a prosthetic kind of thing that was the teeth. Their teeth cool. are nasty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we like cut to the, I think we just see Kathleen's face as she shoots him. I don't know, but we definitely like, we hear the gunshot and she, she We just assume she that shoots she shoots him. him. Yeah. Um, we cut to Sam and Dean coming out of the house, uh, and I am bummed that we missed that reunion, but also, like, because <laughs> Kathleen, uh, asks where, where Missy is, and Dean says she's locked in a closet, and I'm bummed we missed that, too. I know, I would have liked to see that. <laughs> like, did, was, was Dean, like, did Ge- Dean get the upper hand before Sam got there, or did Sam have to rescue him? Like, what happened? I need to know. I wanted to know what the conversation was like between Dean and the little girl that whole time. Oh my god, yes. Um, <sighs> and they definitely heard the gunshot, and Kathleen says that Pa was trying to escape, so she killed him. And I, you can see it on their faces. They're like, uh, okay. They, yeah, yeah, they, they sure. don't believe him, they don't believe her, but they're gonna, they're gonna let it slide. <laughs> I mean, these are guys who hunt real actual monsters for a living and she is a cop so what are they gonna do anyways (laughs) yeah yeah when they also like they got into hunting monsters because of a revenge mission right yeah they they understand yeah um yeah so we kind of cut to a little later kathleen has called for backup and she like 
tells the boys that like the state police and the FBI are on their way, and she's like, okay, I should probably not be here when they do when they get here. Um, and they ask for a ride back to town, and she says they better start walking. <laughs> she's like, don't push it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which um, you know, honestly, I wish she would have stuck around for at least a couple more episodes because I like the dynamic between all of them. And mm-hmm. I thought she was a really interesting character. She was really interesting. It always... Or have her come, come back a later time or something. Yeah, that is the that is the thing with like procedural shows like this is you get, like you, the you want for each episode you want one off characters who are interesting enough mm-hmm. to hold their own in an episode. But sometimes they are interesting enough that the audience is going. I like this one. Can we keep it? Yeah, exactly. And then you don't get to keep it. Like the same thing with Mizzy early on, earlier on, you know? Mizzy? Yeah. yeah. Like, Missouri. Yeah. Oh, Clarify. Missouri. Not, not this one. <laughs> not this Mizzy. <laughs> Mizzy? Didn't they call her Mizzy? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Missouri, sorry. Yeah, Missouri Mosley is definitely one of those characters. Like, it would have added a fun dynamic, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it would be fun to see more of a female regular, which we do get later on. We do get some more regular female characters later on. Um, but, yeah. I just, it was an interesting idea with, like, a cop female character, you know? Just add that extra dynamic to it. I liked it. Mm Mm-hmm. Just wait till we get to, like, season five. (laughs) Why, is there another cop character or something? Yeah, there's a couple. Okay. <laughs> You'll like them. Apparently the idea stuck then. Yes. Um, they talk about Kathleen's brother and she talks about how um, I thought this was, this is kind of the, this is a theme that I think gets touched on in in revenge stories a lot where um, people talk about like I thought getting revenge would like make me, feel, me feel better, better but it doesn't and yeah. she talks about something kind of similar where she thought knowing what happened to her brother would help her feel better um but it didn't it probably made it worse to be honest but now now though she has some closure, she has closure. Yeah. yeah she can really begin her grieving process like in full um yeah the boys she tells the boys to start walking into duck if they see a cop car <laughs> and the boys start walking and Sam starts giving Dean shit for letting a 13-year-old get the best of him, which is pretty great. Uh, I mean, she don't have a knife. I think he, he specifically says, uh, you're getting rusty there, kiddo. Which is the same thing Dean said to him about Sam getting jumped by Humans. people. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier in the episode. But yeah, I think that is it for this and then episode. Then Dean later gets jumped by the same said human. Yep, he does. <laughs> he does indeed. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think that is it for this episode. It's not a super, super deep meta episode, and but I wanted to do it on its own because I knew I would probably delve, like I wanted to delve into the, the true crime aspect a little bit. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah? Okay, mm-hmm. good. <laughs> probably much more than I would get out of it, so... Yeah. Since you had some backstory already for yeah. <laughs> back context. So, but yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add about this episode? Mm. I can't really think of it. This isn't a deep, like, a really deep no. meta episode. It's a, it's a good episode, though. It's a good episode, yeah. It's a really good, like, it's just kind of, like, filler 
Mon- the season. It's just a Monster of the Week episode. Which is, you know, what got us into Supernatural. Which yeah, is yeah. The Monster of the Week, you know? Well, it's pretty standard for kind of middle of the season. You you get into Supernatural because of the Supernatural. You stay for the storyline. <laughs> well, you stay for the characters. And that, too. Yeah. You know, it's a character-driven story most of the time. doesn't always. But no show's perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think this is this is a pretty pretty decent Monster of the Week episode. It's definitely one of my favorites in season one, and it is kind of it's pretty standard fare for middle of the season. You know, nothing really heavy on the meta plot. No real mentions of John beyond his journal. A good portion of the rest of the season is now going to be pretty meta plot. Heavy. Oh yeah, especially because especially after next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, because next week we are covering Shadow. And John Winchester returns. Does he return in that one? Yeah, he shows up in that one. Forgot that part. Forgot that part. (laughs) It's a good episode. I know he shows up for the vampire one. Yes, yes, but that's a few episodes past that. I think that is it for this week, so... Yeah. It's me. Where's my intro? Or my outro thing? There it is. So, you can find the podcast on Twitter at TalkAboutSamPod, on Instagram at WeNeedToTalkAboutSamPodcast. On Tumblr, we need to talk about Sam, um, or you can email us at we need to talk about Sam at gmail.com. I'm Lil Red Who Could on Twitter and the Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. Haley, where can the people of the internet find you? Um, I always have to look because I forget <laughs> what your um, usernames are. Uh, so on Twitter, you can find at lifeflowson3 and Tumblr at hfthoughts-blog. All right. And that is it for this week, so thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you next Sunday. Bye. by or supernatural with ashley flowers which for anyone who's into true crime they'll probably know that ashley flowers is one of the hosts of crime junkie and she has a show with podcast called supernatural with ashley flowers and she delves into stuff like spontaneous <laughs> combustion and yeah that's alien weird. abductions and um uh demonic possessions and hmm. unexplained disappearances and stuff like that if you're into all that stuff I also recommend the show. It's on the History Channel right now, the new season. It's called The Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. Ooh, really, really I've interesting. I've heard of that. It's actually here it. in Utah, the ranch. Is it really? Yeah. And it's um, this millionaire, Brandon Fugel. He actually owns a lot of real estate in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, he bought the ranch recently. I've heard the name. And so he's been doing a lot of research on it, and they've made a show showing all the research, and it's crazy the stuff that goes down there. On the History Channel? And all the stories. Yeah. Huh. It's really good. So I know I've heard the, like, the, um, the name. Uh Uh-huh. But I didn't know it was in Utah. Yeah. Or that it was, like, a real thing. I don't know where I heard the name. There was UFO stuff, ghost Mm -hmm. stuff, skinwalker stuff, like, everything. It's Mm -hmm. really cool. Really bizarre, so. Yeah. If you're into all that, you should watch it. It's kind of like, like, Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That sort of vibe. Paranormal. Unexplained paranormal, whatever, you know? Yeah. I've been, I've 
enjoyed um <laughs> sorry I've enjoyed the two seasons of Unsolved Mysteries that are on Netflix I like those it's really interesting stuff. I've also watched like a ton of Netflix documentaries so See, that kind of stuff's way up more my alley than true crime Not <laughs> like, like this unsolved paranormal. paranormal stuff yeah mm-hmm. unexplained phenomenon I like so. cryptids like, she does like cryptids. I like UFO Crypt- stuff. Cryptids. <laughs> cryptids. <laughs> cryptids. Yes. I had a job interview today, and so I was like really nervous last night, and I couldn't sleep. Now I'm tired. <laughs> I just huh. have a weird relationship with sleep lately. What is sleep? Sometimes I can't fall asleep, and lately I haven't been able to wake up very well. Mm. Especially, can't go to sleep if I know I need to like wake up on time for something the next day, because my anxiety just keeps me up the whole night. <laughs> yep. Out of fear of oversleeping. <sighs> yeah. Uh. And people are like, well, just set an alarm clock. Man, I turn alarm clocks off I in sleep my sleep. through my alarm, guys. <laughs> I don't just sleep through my alarm. I turn them off. Oh, same. I have I have an Amazon Echo, it's and the- I set the alarm <laughs> with that, and all you have to say is, name, stop. And I do it in my sleep. So I can't use that as an alarm anymore. I have to consistently, like, regularly change the sound of the alarm on my phone, and I have to put it across the room. Well, I use my phone, but the snooze button and the off button are too close to each other, and sometimes in my sleep I hit the wrong one. <laughs> and I turn it off instead of hit snooze. That's why I put my phone across the room, because I have to actually, like, get up. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know? Um, that definitely, that does help. But yeah, I still... I still. I probably drive my roommates crazy. <laughs> Just keep hearing dee, 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 every ten minutes for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. With my my alarm clock that's on my dresser used to be like my go-to alarm for everything, especially during high school. And there were legitimately days when I got up in my sleep and turned it off and went back to. <laughs> And it wasn't even, like, by my bed. Like, I had to physically, like, I had to get out of my bed to reach it. Our bodies will go (laughs) to stay asleep. God. (laughs) Your body trained yourself to go sleepwalk in order to sleep longer. (laughs) (laughs) My sleep schedule is fucked. Same. mentioned this before on the podcast i have a um a daily calendar on my desk and i, I never learned pages, how to make those <laughs> the pages are perfect squares and so i keep folding fortune tellers <laughs> oh my gosh 
It's we, not hard. This used to be a big thing in elementary school. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's not hard. So you have your square, and what I usually do is I fold it in half this way, and then I'll fold it in half this way so that I have the, the crossed lines in the middle. And then you take your corners and you go in on all sides like this, and then you flip it around and you go in on all sides again, and there you go. You have a fortune teller. Sweet. Uh-huh. I rem distinctly remember my childhood best friend trying to teach me how to make it, and I did not follow. It's legitimately the only, like, folding thing I can make, besides maybe an airplane. And You're talking to someone who's not crafty at all. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have probably made a million fortune tellers, because I treat them like, see, they look like little, like, dragons of some kind, you know? I want like, to pull his little he doesn't have a tongue. This thing. Oh, no, yes. you're that's, unfolding him. No, that's where you read the fortune. You have to pull back the thing. <laughs> yes. So That's legit part of it, maybe. Yes, yes. <laughs> she said it was his tongue. <laughs> so there would be, like, a color on the outside. And so, yeah. like, if you said blue, I'll go B-L-U-E. Yeah. <laughs> and then there would be, that. like, numbers inside. I go one, two, three, four. Then I go, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then you pick another one, and I'd open it, and there'd be a fortune. It would tell you your fortune, yeah. Yeah. Or advice. It was usually, like, advice or something. Mine was always, like, my friends always did, like, fortunes. Like, this is honestly trash. <laughs> I have made, I will make another one tomorrow, I guarantee it, when I pull the thingy off. Wasn't it, like, you should ask out Devin or something like yeah, that? Yeah, things like that. <laughs> Of like your future husband's name starts with a J. Yeah, yeah, something, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, sometimes they were compliments. They were like, "You have nice eyes." <laughs> that was that was in an Arthur episode. Do you remember that? No. Did you watch Arthur? I no, you had watched like a couple episodes you're, you're, of Arthur. You didn't have cable, huh? Growing up. No, me, my mom, um, recorded several hours of like PBS. Um, when my brother and I were little but no we didn't have cable so I've like seen episodes of Arthur but I You're never watched out. the show that was like my favorite show growing up <laughs> yeah. one of them anyways <laughs> I watched Spirit Die in the Cimarron 12 billion times oh gosh <laughs> I like that movie a lot I had a crush on a horse <laughs> We've That's all been okay, there. because uh, it's better than a lion. <laughs> Is it, though? <laughs> Simba they was gave, hot, okay? They gave the animals eyebrows. <laughs> yes, they did. It was like a 90s and, thing. And they made it so you could see the whites of their eyes. Like, with animals, you can, like, never see the whites of their eyes, usually. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so, when you when you draw a cartoon animal and make it so that the whites of their eyes are showing, it makes their eyes more human. And then you give them fucking eyebrows. <laughs> and then you voice them with Matt Damon and expect us to grow up normal. <laughs> I, honest to God, I did not realize it was Matt Damon's voice until my freshman year of college. Well, I've never when seen I that watched, movie, so. I watched the movie with my roommates and my one roommate was like, is that Matt Damon? And I was like, this explains everything. <laughs> well, I, I recently watched um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off for like the first time. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Simba. <laughs> I still haven't seen that. 
<laughs> like, ah, that's what Simba looks like. Oh. <laughs> podcast where a supernatural super <laughs> did i scare you oh, i was about to do something to interrupt again <laughs> just to be a butt <laughs> and then you started talking well you interrupted i was so... trying to hide it that just made me laugh i thought i scared you oh. That's... oh my gosh Okay. I was about to go like, <laughs> or something, and you're like, this is, we need to talk. That made me laugh. All right. Okay, okay. we're going again. <laughs> too. Is we need to talk about Sam, a podcast for a supernatural. What? I'm, uh, mm. That was just gonna make me laugh. <laughs> I was trying to hide it. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, go again. <laughs> just ignore me. No, I'm gonna laugh. Just trying to get through. <laughs>